Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today, I'm joined by somewhat of a serial entrepreneur, the CEO and founder at Alpha Inbound, Nigel Thomas, who has started a few agencies and is right now in the trenches. I think this is going to be a really fun episode as we can dig into what got them to very rapid growth from the starting point where Nigel came into the business and also talk about the realities of what it means to be at this kind of very transformational stage of growth in the business. Alpha Inbound is focused on D2C e-commerce, getting them more customers through social media, in particular, those big platforms like Meta, Instagram, and TikTok. So with that, Nigel, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show and chat with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Also, Happy New Year. It's obviously that time of the year when we've got all the hopes and dreams of the exciting things to come. Put all of that past behind us. And I'm really excited to come on here and hopefully share some value for the listeners. Yeah. And you know, this is really interesting because like, we've got this, the the way our podcast is working out in 2023, we're recording this in January. It might not come out. Um, I mean, I have to go look at our Trello board, but it's not going to come out for a few months. So it'd be really fascinating when this comes out to go back and watch it and see just how much of, because you're on a very quick growth trajectory here, see just like how much above or below or or just how things went relative to what you're talking about. But uh, definitely a great time of the year to be chatting and coming at the end of what sounds like was an exciting 2022. But for everyone's context, I want to start by just asking you kind of like, in your own words, what do you do? Who do you serve? And, you know, tell me about the the origin story of Alpha Inbound and, and what you've done this year. But yeah, in terms of Alpha Inbounds, what do we do and who do we help? Well, we're a performance marketing agency. We focus on the platforms, you know, such as Meta, of course, TikTok, Google, and also high-performance UGC content. And we work with these eight-figure Shopify brands to get them more customers, Obviously, you know, brand awareness strategy, it's a, it's a big play in everything we do. And we're transitioning more there. Um, but that's, in essence, what we do. We're, we're looking to grow these businesses. Now, in terms of the, the origin story of Alpha Inbound, by the way, just to correct you, Josh is actually the founder, Josh Graham. I'm the CEO. And we, we make a really good partnership. But Josh was really running this agency more of a freelancer. And he's honest saying that himself. And he was running it for a few years. And it just so happened that about 18-ish months ago, I was chewed up and spat out of another startup, which was in fact a marketing agency. And even though that didn't end too well for me, the experience was what I got from helping build a lot of that company from scratch. And, you know, there were a few issues there, like I said, but having that experience, I then reached out to Josh because I saw the writing was on the wall and saw what was going to happen. And I basically said, look, I think I can take Alpha Inbound to the next level and we can make it a proper business. Being completely frank, my idea was to come in, make some sales, get some commission and go and start my own thing. I quite quickly realized something about myself. I'm a man of principle and I can't go and sell people on a pipeline dream when I don't actually believe in it myself. So to make sure that I did believe in it, 
when I started working with Josh, we had to build out, you know, the case studies. We had to build out a website, a podcast. We didn't have to do that, but that's what I needed to really believe that we could deliver. And most importantly, you know, operations, finances. And then we started to recruit a team. And from there, we started doing cold outbound. Really, throughout the course of last year, by the way, we were doing it before the year before, but most last year was our first full year in business since we rebranded Alpha Inbound. And yeah, we've you know we've managed to get to a seven-figure run rate. Should be clearing at the time recording this month, ninety k in revenue, and we're looking to try and get to that two million mark by the end of this year. So definitely some aggressive goals, goals of always, uh, as always rather. And my role in the business being CEO, you know, it's CEO, it's a startup. We've got ten people. I'm largely on the business development side. I definitely still get involved in operations. I still talk to our big clients that we like to call partners, and I still get very heavily involved in the recruitment and leadership. But I really am, you know, a visionary. So I like to look out into the future, plan things, and then as a leader, make sure we're all aligned to get to where we need to. So yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing at Alpha Inbound. Maybe I missed some things off. But I do like to talk. That's also why we started a podcast and maybe why I'm here. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I don't want to get into uh, marketing too much because yeah. <laughs> it's not I, it's not theoretically my wheelhouse, but I've never seen content as a channel. It's not a channel. SEO is a channel. Cold Outbound is a channel. Partnerships is a channel. Paid ads is a channel. Content to me is funnel infrastructure, to your point. The purpose of content is not to get you new customers. It's to build trust with the attention that you go out and pursue. And there's really only four ways to get attention. You can buy it. You can compete for it where people are already searching for things. You can borrow it from other people or you can go and interrupt people. If there's another way to do it, let me know. But your content is only uh, effective to the degree that you can direct attention towards it. And that those are the ways of, of doing that that I know of. So anyway... Moving on, you created a problem, I'm assuming, when you found an effective outreach strategy and started converting a lot of clients, which is that, okay, well, now we need to figure out how to serve these clients and scale our ability to serve them without losing quality. So what was kind of the next set of challenges that you had to overcome in order to now grow at the clip that your new business strategy was enabling you to grow at? Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest Achilles heel, as we spoke before we start recording today, is resourcing for agencies. It doesn't really matter if you're, you know, just getting started. If you're a huge agency, I spoke to agencies that do 200 million, they have the same problem. It's resourcing because when you get those initial wins, obviously the people who got you those wins, i.e. usually the founders who are really good at the delivery, they no longer have the bandwidth to be able to do that delivery for all the new business that you're going to win from those initial case studies. So then obviously you either need to, you know, not have the same quality, which is what a lot of agent the route a lot of agencies take, and they talk about 90% margins and all the rest of it. When I see that, I'm just thinking, well, you're either not doing the work or you're outsourcing it somewhere very cheap, or you need to hire great talent and take the hit on the margins. So again, it obviously comes down to how much cash you've got, but recruiting was the next step for us. And we went through quite a few people at the start. We got people, we rushed into it a little bit, like most companies do. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of cost opportunity of hiring the wrong person, I'll be honest about it. And we had to have some challenging conversation. We had to let a lot of people go. I feel like now we've got some incredible people on board and we've managed, obviously, to gather some resources to hire people from top agencies. But then we had to go through a lot of hires to get there. 
So I think that as well as like the operational infrastructure, when we, the other thing to mention for us, because when we went into the creative side of things, creative at scale for these big brands, when you're spending hundreds of thousands on ads is crazy. That's one of the craziest operations. And that's why brands need agencies because they don't really know how to get this operation in place. Even some of the, the nine figure brands, it's a crazy operation, creative at scale. So that was also something, but actually having the people to build that in the first place, that was definitely the first set of challenges once we, you know, we had bandwidth issues. At one point, by the way, we had Josh, who's the founder, and he was running nearly like, you know, 15, 20 accounts by himself. For anyone who's in media bank, that is, who will know, that's seriously like overloaded with work. And he was dying on me, man. And I was just there like on back-to-back interviews all day until we found the people we needed thankfully now we've got this incredible media buyer and he's just yeah he's just amazing and give give us so much time back whilst also adding more to the process so definitely recruitment yeah so you you got the right people in place what what were some of the most challenging elements of of getting those people productive and making sure the cash flow uh, stayed healthy while you were you know bringing all those additional people into the business and getting them ramped up Yeah, I think, I mean, one of them is just obviously having financials. I think a a lot of agencies struggle with having proper financials. And this is obviously a key. I mean, I come from a background, my, my parents are accountants. I wouldn't say I'm the best at financials, but thankfully, you know, Joshua also has an experience in financials and we have a great bookkeeper as well. I think that's a good hire to make early doors, a bookkeeper to keep you in check. And then just really being aware, like having awareness of your finances, how much cash is in the bank and having that as a target to get a certain amount of cash in the bank and retain that. And then also the other one, which is huge, like this is probably the, again, coming with resourcing on the biggest thing for agencies is focusing more on retention than just acquisition because so many agencies, they're great at sales because obviously they've got that marketing and sales background, but they don't know how to provide a great experience, do all the little things so their clients stay with them. And obviously it's way better to have a client and we know it's easier to resell back to an existing client. You know, we know this, like we're in this kind of space than it is to go out and find new business. And it's easier to have a client that will stay for 12 months as opposed to dropping off every month or every three months. So focusing more on retention strategies for our agency and our own lifetime value was a real big thing. Um, and to do that, obviously, we we had to we had to build out different systems and use project management tools like Asana and like Airtable. And we still not perfected that now. I want to redo that with the team in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, these were, were some of the things we focused on, but really talking to our clients more and providing a great experience. And the moment we speak to them all the way through to, you know, weekly calls that we have and just going above and beyond. So they stay with us and they trust us and they know that we, we're the company that shows up in bad weather. And that means that when there's an algorithm change on Facebook, they're not just going to go to the next cold email and go and sign up with that agency, which is the problem a lot of agencies seem to have. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? 
If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to paraquito.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. So now that you've kind of uh, arrived at this point, you're looking at the next year, you obviously have some pretty aggressive growth goals. Uh, talking about the show, you want to double or triple over the next 12 months. What are yeah. some of the challenges that you're anticipating, um, you know, having to work through as you you transition to that scale? Yeah, so I think the, the operations side of it will be massive, definitely, especially as you push more into content. And reporting. Reporting is a big one for us right now where we just need to get a lot better at it. Again, to provide a better experience to our clients is one thing, but also for what we do, having the reporting for our team is massive and the feedback loop between the media buyers and the content team so they're iterating the right content in real time mean when you're spending, again, hundreds of thousands a month, speed kills. So the reporting is going to be critical and then making sure that everyone is aware of their own KPIs. So we brought in now department KPIs. So, you know, for example, the the media team, they, you know, the media buying team, they have their own KPI. We have our own KPI for the sales, the finance team, they have the KPI, the profit margins. And it's really important to make sure everyone's aware, but also everyone is in alignment at the same time. And we speak regularly about this we have ultimate transparency with our team and what our finances are and what the KPIs are. And then everyone knows. So everyone can take that ownership and that accountability. So we can all drive forward with our own little departments, but ultimately we're going to hit our goals. Or if we're not, we're going to know about it real fast. And then obviously we can change our trajectory and do what we need to do to course correct and get back on track. Yeah. So what are some of those KPIs that you're you're finding are working well to kind of get the team aligned and having the right conversations? Yeah. So there's a few different ones we've been experimenting with, but one of our payment model, like most agencies, is on ad spend. So what we've done is we take an average ad spend across most of our clients. And from that average ad spend on a quarterly basis, if we hit a certain, we what we do is we have a smart target and a stretch target. So if we hit the smart target, we give out a certain bonus. And then if we hit a stretch target, we also give out a, obviously a better bonus. Now, the reason for this is, is because even though that's more for the media buyers, if we have better content, which obviously is created faster and it gets better results for our media buyers, you know, that's going to scale the account and mean that we can, charge more ads or charge more because we're going to be having a higher ad spend. So, and that obviously is the growth and the revenue of the company. So what it does is it creates a stronger cohesion with the financial incentive, as well as everything else between the creative and the analytical team that bonds them together. And then obviously on top of that, the operations, the finances, the sales, 
all need to be together. And then obviously from the sales side, we're bringing in people who have a higher ad spend to make sure that average is further up. So we took that one metric, which we feel like aligns everyone in the business. And then obviously we do quarterly bonuses off the back of it. But that's something, and it does take management in itself. Obviously, we need to have better reporting and we do have reporting. So everyone's aware of what that is and they can charge towards it. But that's uh, one of the metrics we feel has been great in terms of aligning the team. Mm. I, I like the concept, um, especially as it relates to like, it. it's a very good indicator of a value metric for your clients. And this is something we talk about in software pricing all the time, right? It's like the ultimate software pricing model is one where you price based on a value metric. So it's like, what's the thing that would tell you that your customer is getting a lot of value? And in your case, if a client is pushing more money into the advertising that you're doing for them, presumably it's because it's generating more return on investment. So that's a good proxy for value to them. And it just so happens that it also creates more value for you. Um, behind that, thinking about margins, I would assume that you know, based on the data you've collected so far, there is not a linear correlation between the amount of cost that you incur to serve a client and uh, their ad spend. I'm sure that the amount of effort to manage a larger budget goes up, but it's not linear in in that the gap gets bigger and bigger the larger the ad budget goes. But uh, what have you found with that? How, how have you thought about measuring margins, and how did you land on that pricing mar- uh, that pricing model in the first place, and understand that it was going to give you the margins to scale the way that you have? Yeah, so there's a, a conversation in the e-commerce industry that often gets had, which is, do we price by ad spend or do we price by performance? Obviously, the argument for the brand side is, you know, put your money where your mouth is charge like only charge when you get the results but there's a massive problem with that there's two big problems one is the fact that you don't actually control that data it's on platforms that you're making guesses from like facebook so it's a little bit you know it's a little bit irresponsible to have your whole team on a model which is out of your control but then the other thing is is that it you can't forecast So if I can have with predictability X amount of brands coming into our pipeline and we're going to close X amount of deals within the next six months, I can then forecast when to recruit the right people at the right time. Now, if I can't accurately forecast that, what's going to happen is people are going to get overloaded, their bandwidth is going to get destroyed, and ultimately we're going to be left with a terrible experience that the client will then take on for them. And I don't think a lot of clients understand that. They they just see it as the upfront. It's like, well, you don't believe in your, your team. It's actually, no, we're going to actually create a better experience because we know how to resource properly as a company so we can hire the right people to get the results for you. And then in terms of the margin side of things, I think for our stage of growth, of course, we, we do need to stack up that cash. But we're also, you have to hire quite a few people. So again, I'm of the mindset, if you're in it for the long term, you should hire leaders who are going to be really proactive. Because I can tell you now, we've hired cheap and we've hired expensive and expensive wins every time. Again, you have to be smart of cash and whatever, but I'd rather be sitting at a 15, 20% margin for a year or so and then edge up to, you know, maybe like 30% instead of being at 80, 90% and really having the the cost opportunity of not having someone who's incredible, who can really, you know, create that experience that then your client's going to go and tell 10 other brands as opposed to having really cheap labor 
and great margins, and then your client's going to complain about you. And whenever they see your brand come up, they're going to just, you know, talk badly about you in the industry, which is way worse. And these are some of the the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth order consequences that I think beginner agency owners don't talk about or they don't know about because of their lack of experience. Yeah, and I think what you're describing here is is important because it illustrates the difference between unit economics as it relates to a, a service offering, a client, a project, and your financials. And there will always be a delta in between those things. And in many ways, that delta should be somewhat intentional, right? So it's like, it's one thing to say, when I sell a project, based on the amount of time that goes into that and the cost of that time, our margins are 70%, which is like, you know, that's kind of the floor, I think, if you want to have high growth. But then there's what you're talking about, which is I'm going to deliberately go out and invest in hires before I need them, maybe, or that are maybe a little further along than what is appropriate for the size of our business. But I'm choosing to make that investment. So there'll be a big gap between what my profit margin is on a single project and what it is on the profit and loss statement at the end of a certain period. But there's a difference between the PL being lower than, you know, like ideal because there's a systematic problem with like your pricing and your margins not being fundamentally healthy and a deliberate decision to invest in your growth, which is, you know, a completely different circumstance. One is deliberate. The other is not. And um, if you can't tell the difference between those things, it's probably an issue. And I think this is where there's a lot of merit to a, having good financial literacy, you know, having a, a PL that you understand that you look at on a regular basis, and then supplementing that with non-financial metrics and with just some basic math about like, hey, this is this is why we charge what we charge, this is how much time it takes, this is what our margin is on a per project basis, and then contrasting that to okay, we're gonna choose to make investments and separating those concepts uh, apart because you know, what you're describing, these are probably the right choices when you're investing in growth. I and mean, we're doing the same thing at Parakeeto. Like we're, we're choosing to push the, the chips back into the middle of the table. Um, and it's because we know what the cost of that is. And we know how many resources we have available to us in order to do that. Um, so it's an important point because that's, that's what's required to grow a lot of time, uh, especially if you're trying to do it without working a hundred hours a week. Sometimes that means you got to hire that person a little earlier than when you absolutely need them and hire a person that's a little more experienced. So you don't have to spend eight months getting them ramped up and still doing all the work off the side of your desk. Um, you know, those are the costs yeah. of sometimes uh, trying to optimize both the PNL and the unique economics all at the same time. But for agency owners that are getting started, one thing to get excited about is you know, we're, we're in this environment now, which we're going into a recession. And that means obviously a lot of, you know, tech startups, a lot of agencies, the bigger ones that are more bloated, they've laid off a lot of people. So there's some real incredible talent out there right now that you could, you know, 12 months ago, you probably wouldn't have had the chance to get in front of, but now you have the option to get in front of them to make them leaders in your company and this is something that's exciting. And I'm actually quite bullish because I think out of these periods comes a lot of innovation in the market. And as entrepreneurs, we're problem solvers. So if we can't thrive in an environment like this, then we should probably go and get a nine to five job. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nigel, um, this has been a fun conversation. I hope that uh, those that are listening were able to relate um, both to the things that you've gone through over this last year and some of the things that you're facing going down the road. For those that want to learn more about you and connect with you and learn more about Alpha Inbound, where should we send them in the show notes? 
Yeah, so if you just go to Google and then type in my name, Nigel Thomas Alpha Inbound, LinkedIn should be one of the first thing that pops up. I post there every single day about our journey, about what we're doing. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. That's the platform I'm most active. I love having conversations with other entrepreneurs and, you know, especially the agency owners. There's always fun conversations, fun stories. And yeah, it's a great place to be. So LinkedIn's the one for me. Awesome. I'll leave a link to uh, Nigel's LinkedIn in the show notes, as well as a link to uh, the Alpha Inbound website. And uh, for those listening, leave us a comment wherever you heard this. Let us know what you learned, what questions you have. And with that, Nigel, thanks so much for making the time for us, man. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's see what happens. Cheers. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.